Hello, my name is John O'Connell, and welcome to AMX Fika Leadership Podcast. So over these podcasts, I'll be speaking to some inspirational and innovative data and analytic contributors from across industry and the health and care sectors. I'll be asking each of them to share with us some of the exciting work they have underway, which is helping to shape the health and care analytics space, as well as asking some of them their motivational insights into their career paths to date. So why FICA? FICA is a social phenomenon in Sweden, I thought I'd borrow. It's a legitimate reason to set aside some really quality time to catch up with friends, family and colleagues over a coffee and a cake. So today's speaker podcast is about Health Data Science Black Internship Programme. And as HDR UK is one of the UK's national leading institute for health data research, they're really helping to transform the prospects of black graduates in the UK by providing opportunities to flourish in STEM careers through their health data research black internship programme. So delighted to say that joining Toby and myself today, we have Jaden Lewis, who's an intern at the Rosalind Franklin Institute. We also have Jaden's manager, Dr. Laura Schemilt, Head of Research Software Engineering at the Rosalind Franklin Institute. So welcome, Jaden and Laura. Hi. Hi. Great to have you on board. And also joining today, we have Anthony Ahamari. Uh, he is an intern at the Health Informatics Center, University of Dundee. We're also delighted to be joined also by Dr. Christian Cole, who is a senior lecturer and intern coordinator for Health Informatics Center at the University of Dundee. So welcome to both Anthony and uh, Chris. Hello, everyone. Hi. Great. Welcome, guys. And finally, just to say a, a warm welcome, we have to Professor Martin Leemore, who is the CEO of Medical Device Technology International. He is also a member of the Pioneer team, the Health Data Hub for Acute Care, and he is also a serial entrepreneur. So welcome, Martin. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. So welcome, everybody. We're really delighted to have you join our AMX Speaker podcast. Speakers are all, all about having a coffee and a cake uh, with friends. Uh, are you guys uh, tea or coffee drinkers, and what would be your favourite cake? So if I start off with Professor Moore, are you a tea or coffee drinker, and what's your favourite cake? I'm a coffee drinker, for <laughs> some yeah. unknown reason. And yeah. uh, my favourite cake is a Victoria sponge. Good, good choice. <laughs> and also, Jaden. Um, I'm a tea drinker. I love an Earl Grey. Um, my favourite cake is chocolate cake. I can't argue with that. Very good. Laura? Hi. Yeah, definitely in camp tea. And um, yeah. I'm partial to a slice of cherry bakewell. Cherry bakewell. Good choice. And Anthony? Definitely tea. And I love yeah. chocolate sponge. Good choice. And finally, it's Chris. Yeah, another tea drinker here. Um, I do wow. love the smell of coffee, but I can't stand the taste yeah. of it. Um, okay. So, yeah, definitely tea. And uh, my cake of choice is lemon drizzle. Excellent choice. So, yeah, so tea has it today with four of them. That's, uh, that's an unusual uh, turn up for the books. But uh, no, thanks for sharing that with, with us all. But uh, I'm going to hand over to Tony now, who's got the uh, first question. I see we all have a, a variety of preferences in cakes. Uh, very, very rich, all sweet tastes, I guess. Um, but to take us into the podcast, I think we need to set the scene. So the first question um, is about the origins of the program. And I'd like to speak to um, Professor Martin Livermore and get a sense of how the scheme came about and uh, how the, the collaboration between HDR UK and the 10,000 Black Interns organization was built to arrive to where we are today. Uh, yes, thank you, Toby. 
Well, I suppose that to set the scene like most of these things, all good ideas start from a conversation. And uh, the previous chief executive, Caroline Cake, and myself sat down one day, basically just chewing our thoughts on the, the sector, the industry, what's happening in the big old wide world. And there was a, a bulb that switched on. And that bulb basically said, well, you know, if we're talking about talent spotting, why are there not more diverse people in this sector? And how much do we know about the role and the world of, of data scientists? And if we are going to encourage uh, a broader, diverse talent pool, we should basically start looking at the unrepresented parts within our community and see how much they, they were aware of the sector and the profession of health data sciences. So Caroline greatly with her team uh, and uh, we fashioned an advisory board to basically go out and see seek that sort of research question. Why were there not many black individuals within this field? Um, and likewise, uh, as you can imagine, around that time of our light bulb moment, you had the areas of Black Lives Matter taking place, the George Floyd situation, and a whole host of sort of social um, narratives, uh, which we felt that actually, in a positive light, we could address through this program. It happened to be at the same time that the uh, 10,000 Blackington organization was also being established. And we felt that uh, we had a joint possibility of expanding the awareness of professions that generally those in the Black community were not necessarily alive to. So uh, it felt as a, a, a common partnership program could be established so that we could actually broaden the awareness of uh, communities like our own in health data science that actually can be attractive if those in different underrepresented communities were better informed about it. Just to um, just to find out, how long has this partnership been going on for? Um, is this the first cohort? Uh, no, we're now in our second year of running the Black Internship Programme, uh, I'm pleased to say, um, with the view of actually having the class of 2023 coming in next year. So um, I'm pleased to see that we've got a bigger number, both in terms of partnership organisations and in terms in our class of 2022. Thank you for that. That's really informative. It's sort of helped set the scene a bit. And I'm glad to see the sort of opportunity meets preparation that's been able to bring about what we have today. So thank you for that, Professor Livermore. Um, John, over to you for the next question. Thank you, Toby. Yeah, I'd like to open it to the interns and, and starting with uh, Jaden, first if I could. Uh, Jaden, could you tell us, uh, our listeners, why you applied for the programme? And also, for our listeners, is there any areas of, of science that you studied that you were particularly interested in uh, for the programme? Yeah, so um, I originally applied for this programme because I wanted an opportunity to be able to develop and integrate my data science skills in a new and exciting context. 
um, in the form of a project that I could possibly show to future employers as well. Um, and being from a biological sciences background, the fact that this um, this internship is directed towards the health side really interested me. Um, and that's most of my drive towards the data science is the fact that um, there's so much health data available nowadays. And I think this has um, great um, potential to revolutionise healthcare if it's analysed in the correct way. Um, I also greatly appreciate that this um, internship has been geared towards minority ethnic groups, and I believe this is very important to tackle the underrepresentation of Black people within the data science field. Um, so my um, my, my academic background, um, my ma my master's was in um, epidemiology, and my undergrad was in biomedical sciences. So I'm particularly interested in public health and how infectious diseases are, are tackled. Um, in particular, I'm really interested in exploring the field of AI in healthcare, as this has um, great potential to revolutionise how patients are treated and, on a greater scale, the control of diseases. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that with us. And I, I take it, Jaden, you'd be probably interested in uh, was it, uh, Ben Goldacre's paper about trusted research environments would be one area of interest for you. Um, yeah, that's definitely an, an area that I'd like to explore more. Right. Thank you for sharing that. Thanks for that, John. Um, Anthony, I know you have quite a unique story about how you managed to get onto the programme. Um, we'd love to get your take on how you found the recruitment process and what the challenges were in trying to secure your slot. Um, thank you, Toby. Well, yes, um, it's quite exciting for me. I mean, getting to know that I was selected for the programme because um, having come here last year for my master's programme and applying to this um, programme, I think it was about December or so I applied. Um, the recruitment process didn't start until like late May or thereabouts. So it's something I had probably written off because I felt, oh, this hasn't come. I haven't received any email from, you know, HGR UK about this intention. So I probably thought I was not selected or something. So it was really exciting when I got the email and then I had the first interview, which I wasn't um, successful for. But the second interview with Health Informatics Center, you know, really um, made me feel like God was working for me, like because I really wanted to do the internship for to be able to develop my technical skills in health data science. So it was really exciting knowing that I was selected for the program. Interesting. I think you've also kind of the question was about your how, but you've also answered your why, um, and it'd be interesting to find out. JD and also um, how you found the recruitment process um, just to get an understanding of how it, it feels to someone that perhaps studied in the UK to have also applied. Um, yeah, so the original, um, the first stage, I had to fill in a few questions. Um, there was some technical questions about um, what are my kind of opinions on AI and how can it be used um, in health. Um, and then the interview, I felt like, um, was actually more laid back than I was expecting. Um, and I was um, able to sort of demonstrate any prior experience in data science that I had. Um, and it was, yeah, it was a very enjoyable experience. I'd encourage anyone who's interested in um, getting more data science experience to apply. And even if you don't have that much um, prior experience, it's always great to um, just apply and see what happens. And so 
when applying, did you guys come in with like a, a strong sense of the kinds of projects you wanted to work on or a specific project you are, you've sort of identified within your host organization that you wish to be placed upon, say, Anthony? Actually, I had no idea what I was going to do. All I knew I had the opportunity to do was um, try to expand my skills. So I knew I had um, theoretical knowledge about data science. I've been practicing some kind of data analytics with Python and some softwares before, but I hadn't really had the opportunity to use that in a proper environment, like in a proper work environment. So all I wanted was just an opportunity to get into the NHS, see what data is available and get my hands into it. But when I um, joined the organization at Health Informatics Center, the project I was assigned to was um, a cancer, um, colorectal cancer project. And yes, I mean, it's been really exciting so far working on that project. And how would you say this experience has contributed to your career goal? Amazing. It's been, I think my confidence has really increased. Um, over the last one month, having to use Python to analyze the data sets that I was given to work on, I've had to learn a lot with regards to how to manipulate the data, how to do certain visualizations and all. So personally, I think my confidence has increased in handling like health data and the environment I was, I'm working on currently is um, really secure sort of. So working in that environment as well gives me that experience that, oh, if I probably get an opportunity to work in a trusted research environment, it will be easy because I'm already used to it. So yes, it has improved my confidence. Yeah, I think that's that's important to, to emphasize the difference between learning um, and applying your knowledge and the things you pick up along the way, uh, namely data governance, which is one of the things you've talked about, Anthony. Yeah. Um, Jadine, how about yourself? Um, yeah, so going into and, and if I didn't have a um, particular project that I was um, set on having the opportunity to work on, however, I wanted to um, be able to use a, a programming language such as Python R to develop those skills and fully understand the data science pipelines. So I've really had this opportunity working at the RFI with Laura, um, learning um, doing deep learning projects. Um, so I've been working with image data. Um, doing the different um, steps that require such as image processing and um, training a machine learning model. Um, so all of these skills will be um, really useful in um, future projects that I'd be involved in. So I really appreciate the experience. And um, you, you're, you're unique in the fact that, if I'm not mistaken, you're still studying or you've taken uh, a break from studying. Yeah. So how yeah. have you found sort of applying what you've learned directly from school or from university and taken it into the real world? Um, yeah, it's been um, it's been good. Yeah, with my um, my previous master's in epidemiology, I had kind of the first introduction into data science. So I was using R, um, and um, so now in this internship using Python, I've been able to um, translate a bit of the um, syntax that sort of helped me in learning Python a bit more. Um, so yeah, it's all been it's been really useful. Perfect. Thanks for your contributions. John? Thank you all. It's great to sort of hear all those uh, insights and share them with us. So thank you. I was just thinking that, Toby, it'd be good to have some sort of um, sort of thoughts from uh, the organisations who supported this, this amazing programme as well. I was just thinking 
from a host organization, if taking, um, I think it's Laura uh, from the Roslyn uh, Franklin Institute. Laura, obviously this program is important. What, what was important to your organization? Hi, thanks, John. Yeah, it's, it's really important to our organization um, because we're a fairly new organization. And um, our main um, focus is on kind of uh, drug discovery um, in the context of, of virology. And we're a collaborative organization. Um, so we aim to try and blend science together. And so when you have a um, an internship that is, um, you know, promoting diversity, this is always going to bring new ideas to the institution. Um, and so we really champion diversity in the RFI um, in, in, in order to bring in those new ideas. No, it's absolutely fantastic, the diversity thing as well, because I, I think it was, it was it Tammy Palmer mentioned, I think last time we spoke, uh, Laura, saying about, you know, diverse organisations perform a lot better than ones that aren't diverse. There is obviously an ethical argument, but there's also a solid business case that, you know, we have organisations full of the same people, then they're, they're never successful and, and our society is, is diverse. So that's wonderful to hear. And Christian, just sort of question to yourself as well. What, what are you expecting for your interns or what do you expect your interns to learn and sort of take away from the experience of working at Dundee? Yeah, hi. Uh, thanks very much for, for, for the question and, and inviting me to this. Um, yeah, I think there's someone else mentioned that the 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 experience of learning is very different from the experience of application in the real world. And I think that's the one of the key take homes um, I'd like the interns to learn is that, you know, what, what you're taught in on MSc courses or, or undergraduate courses is very different to what real world data looks like. Um, it's actually um, it's actually a lot more painful, but in some ways more fun as well, because you have time to to learn and and, and understand the data. Um, so I think you know, that's that's one of the key take homes that there's there's a lot of work involved in in understanding data and understanding the topic that you're trying to investigate. It isn't just a question of uh, pressing some buttons and getting some some numbers out. There's 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 a lot of um, soft skills required in 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 the process of getting to the the final outcome. And I think it's it's important that you know we train the next generation of of data scientists in the UK because we need to we need to grow the talent pool. And I think being more inclusive and more diverse is is fundamental to 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 do that. Um, so that's why I think this this intern internship is, is so fantastic um, because we do have a, 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 a we're struggling with with recruitment and there's uh, and trying to get enough people into these these really important roles in the UK uh, going forward um, and I think it's it's important for both everyone to understand the the importance of of these this type of skills um, that we need. Um, in in health and outside of health, uh, it's, re it's really important. So I think this is really really valuable. Well, thanks for sharing that, Chris. Yeah, it's important to grow it from from the from the ground up, isn't it? But have it as diverse as possible, and you need that creativity. I take it as well for some of the amazing work you guys do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I just wanted to add to to that um, that um, you know both Chris and I are from scientific institutions, but. There's a lot of support work that goes around science that goes largely unseen. Um, and a lot of that is data processing and, and data management, as Chris alluded to. Um, and so getting 
having interns who will hopefully learn those skills and then disseminate them in different jobs um, is, is, I think, really useful to the profession as a whole. Yeah, I think even though we're doing this and preparing to say it in an altruistic way, we can't uh, deny there's an economic driver as well for UK PLC. If we can garnish the young talents within our own societies, wherever they come from, uh, that actually allows us to develop, innovate, and actually uh, exploit a lot quicker the intellectual talent we've got, um, not only for the UK PLC, but actually benefiting the rest of the world. So you know, the discussion around health data uh, and the movement across all economies around data-driven healthcare is a very competitive field. And these interns that are coming through are the next ambassadors to pull through others to see the value and the expertise that's going to need to take the healthcare system to the next stage of improving patient outcomes. I think um, we've had some really valuable contributions. And I think the comments from all of you guys from the host organizations has helped qualify um, comments from the interns because um, we can sort of see how the work they do is prepped by those that come before them and is supported by it uh, supports the work that's passed on to those after them so that's really really helpful and it's, it's been been a way of providing additional insight um well, thank you for that yeah, no, Toby, I think fascinating conversation. I think, you know, it just drives the importance of inclusion and diversity. But I think what I'm also hearing as well is the creativity of these young people on the call as well, of, of great ideas of what we can do differently with these new technologies that we have in front of us. But also I think it was really inspiring to hear that it gives people the confidence um, and the applied learning, I think the advanced skills and becoming those future ambassadors. And I think, as um, I think it was it, uh, Martin said at the very beginning, you know, it was started off by a conversation so it's really important we keep these conversations going because um you know this is only the start i would think and we want to make sure we, we, we keep this going forward but no thank you all for sharing this uh your fascinating insights as well thank you yeah and, and i think just to add one more point about confidence it's important to demystify the work done because oftentimes um as young graduates or individuals wanting to change or move into a new career you're almost uh, window shopping with your face pressed against the pane of glass, looking in, assuming that the work is insurmountable or beyond you or a lot harder than what you're capable of. When in actual fact, going through a program like this gives you the confidence to leave the program and apply for work that you feel you are now capable of doing and um, sort of addresses elements of imposter syndrome and equips you know, professionals to make those applications and gives them the confidence to apply for those positions. So I think that's also quite an important aspect of this too. I guess now that we've spoken about experiences and we've discussed um, the journeys of both our interns and how that has been received by the host organizations, um, we'd like to sort of find out how everybody unwinds and what everybody does outside of work. And I'll begin with Professor Livermore and um, sort of find out the, what you do outside of your work with HD, HDR UK 
and the various organizations that you spared um what do you do to relax uh, what what kind of hobbies interests or activities do you get up to uh, that's an interesting one generally somebody's going to say i must play golf but i don't um to relax i actually jump out of planes and hopefully my parachutes always will work so uh, my relaxation is actually parachuting. Oh, wow. I think if anyone asked me to have guessed what your answer would be, that would be the last thing I would have <laughs> I would have placed my money on. But um, yeah, yeah, I think it wins the price. <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> I hope these guys are putting some stats up for you as well. Absolutely. Well, what I've got to work out is how long can I do this before my knee goes <laughs> and therefore I have got to go. <laughs> so, yeah, it'd be an interesting research project to find out how often one can jump before having a knee off. <laughs> and, um, I guess I'll pose the same question to Jadine. What do you do to relax outside of work and study? Um, so I really like um, keeping active. So I go to the gym and I like going for long walks um, in scenic areas and also really like cooking as well. Nice. Um, any any signature dish? Um, I really like um, Korean food, so anything anything Korean, I yeah, I love cooking that. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a big fan of Korean barbecue as well, so. Yeah, so nice. <laughs> um, and I guess, Laura, what would you, what would you say you also do to, to unwind and, um, and relax? Generally, anything without a screen is good. Um, I tend to try and avoid that when uh, when relaxing. Um, I like to get outdoors, um, either running or walking or, or swimming. Um, and um, I also like to read, you know, print books and, and do crosswords and things that are very kind of different from from the data analysis day to day. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm very much the same. I'm still fighting the urge to jump onto the audiobook wave, but uh, for now, I'm keeping it on print, so I can, yeah, I can definitely, definitely relate. <laughs> um, Anthony, how about yourself? Uh, what I really do enjoy doing when I'm not indoors working is cycling. So um, I like to cycle, and when I'm inside, I could play the guitar to relax. Nice, nice. So you've got, got a very strong artistic streak there. And um, Chris, how about yourself? Uh, yeah, quite a few things. Um, I mean, not jumping out of planes. I mean, that's pretty extreme. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I like uh, playing five-side football. Um, I like, I do like team sports. Um, but being in, living in Scotland, I do like uh, hiking and going going for long walks. Um, it's really quite spectacular around here. Um, but I. You know, that's more summertime, wintertime are quite like uh, box sets and things like that. And just chilling in front of TV, watching films. Um, that's pretty good fun. And yeah, you can't beat the feel of a good paper book. Um, I, I, yeah, I can't read on a screen, but a, a book is, is, is good. So uh, yeah, quite a few things. Just something to change your mind and change what you're thinking about um, at work. Anything really on that front. I can I can definitely wear it. I'm almost I'm also quite active, so um, I guess outside of work, reading and playing sports definitely resonates with me as well. And, uh, I think uh, John is 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 the same to some extent. So that's a good advice. Oh, I, I, my, my guilty pleasure is trying to play guitar, <laughs> but uh, from end to end, but I'll get there one day, being able to finish the song yeah. from one end to the other. But no, fantastic advice for everybody. But you're just saying to everybody else, shout out to say to follow all this 
great work on Twitter, Toby. And I think is a HDR UK is if, if people want to follow the Black Intern program, um, it's it's at HDR underscore UK. And I think the thousand thousand um, one is again is that's underscore one thousand bi. I think there we'll put both of these on the links as well, Toby, won't we? For the Black yeah, Intern so program. We'll include yeah. all the links um, to both HDR UK and 10,000 Black Interns program in the footnotes to this episode, so you can you can access them that way. And we've got some some links to some web pages too. So um, please engage and please have a look. If you are a host organisation and you would like to have some of the interns on the program um, spend their time at your organisation. Again, please follow the links in the in the footnotes and um, access information on how you can reach out that way too. And for those interested in participating in the intern program, um, follow the social media handles. And um, once the next cohort is available and it's open, please apply. And I would just echo, I think what Professor was it Livermore said last time, wasn't it, that uh, why should we get involved in this? I think you mentioned as well that you know from a healthcare perspective. We should never be in the third league. I remember you saying that we need to be in the Premiership League, and the only way we're going to get there is getting people who are like-minded individuals working together. So I just yeah, echo what you said last time. I think it's a really important message for everybody. Thank you. So I'd like to thank our speaker for joining us today, and for everybody else tuning in to this podcast. Uh, look forward to seeing you in the future. <laughs>